Attention students, the Jabroni University Network is now in session. Please make your way to class. And on that note, we cue the music. Biff, 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 all right. Welcome back to Biff Radio. It's your host, Ben, a.k.a. Biff, coming to you live from the Center Club Recording Studio and Gaming Hub, a.k.a. The Attic. Hey, everyone. How are you? I am hyped up because I just finished an interview with Adina V, an amazing artist who I found, found, found through TikTok. Talking is hard because I'm just so excited. It's such an amazing interview. She is absolutely fantastic. She played live music on the show which I've always wanted, and it was so good. It's just a great interview. She is just fantastic. Her music is fantastic, and I am just like, I am blown away on how well it went. Um, through no, I, I didn't, I was there. I like I, I didn't mess up too much. She was just a great interview, and I'm super, super excited that you, you guys are, are going to love it, so I'm super excited you're going to listen to it. Um, so this is number 98, episode 98, next week, is episode 99. Uh, next week, we'll be doing... Uh, now, with the asterisk of this always changes, this is always in flux, so you ask me two days after that, and it could be something different, but next week will be the 99 favorite songs of yours truly. That's right. I'm playing 99 songs that I absolutely love. Uh, obviously, not the entire song, because that would be really long, but uh, it's going to be awesome. And then episode 100... I... I it, it today got it just got so exciting so like i'm just jazzed from this amazing interview and then the amazing news i got for episode 100 so thank you folks for being part of this i am honestly very very just moved and touched about all of you being part of this journey with me so thank you um i just wanted to say one thing I, I w- would be remiss if I did not acknowledge the fact that uh, yesterday was the two year uh, marking of losing my dad. Um, I bring that up not to bring the mood down because this is an amazing interview, but there would not be a Biff radio without my dad. Um, my dad is the reason I love music. He gave me the love of music and uh, yesterday was hard. It was not as hard as the year prior, but it was still hard, but I listened to the music that he loved and he would love Adina's music. He would really love the episode, um, episode 100. And so I just wanted to thank you, Dad, for the amazing gift you gave me. And you, you give me every day of music. I love you. I miss you. I wish you could listen to this episode. And maybe somewhere you are. Uh, so without further ado, he, here is my, my interview with Adina V. Uh, please Go follow her on all the socials. I'll be putting that all in the show notes, and we talk about it in the interview. Just please like, go support her because she's an amazing artist. You want to get on the ground floor because I honestly, truly believe she's going to be a big, big deal because she's that good. So thank you so much, everyone. I will see everyone at the other side of this break, and I will see everyone next week uh, for episode 99. I love you all very much. Um, I'm going to bring back the uh, the catchphrase we brought, you know, started last week. Uh be gay, do crimes, and listen to good music. And here is my interview with Adina V. Thank you so much, guys. Love you. Mm-hmm. 
Biff Radio. And so as uh, you know, if you've listened to the podcast over the last couple of years, TikTok has been one of those things where I started off thinking, I'm not going to download this. I'm not going to be that guy who's in my late 30s and downloads TikTok. And I gave in about two weeks into the the, the penny. And through that, I have found amazing artists uh, like former guest Nerdy and Isaac Hunter, who by following Isaac, becoming friends with him, I became embroidered in embroiled in Toronto singer-songwriter TikTok, which I'm super happy about because a couple weeks ago, the, uh, this artist was on my For You page and it was just amazing. And I probably rewatched the same couple of TikToks, like uh, just a bunch. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to reach out. And I was super happy that I heard back. And so I am very, very excited to welcome to the podcast award-winning just a fantastic artist, and I'm just super happy. Adina V, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Ben, and thanks for that nice intro. You're very welcome. It's just like I, it's like I, I love like mandolin is one of my favorite instruments. Um, my my uncle, my mom's my mom's brother, uh, was he was in the band for Bill Monroe. He was one of his his bassists, and I don't know if you're familiar with Bill Monroe, but he's name but not super familiar so he is uh big in bluegrass he's one of the kind of like considered one of the you know godfathers of bluegrass and he played the mandolin and i've just always loved that instrument i remember in the 90s hearing um rem losing my religion and how it like the mandolin and that really stuck out and so just i was always really like enjoyed the mandolin but then your kind of your covers of like songs that shouldn't be played on mandolin which they all should, by the way, they all should, um, just, just really popped out. And, um, yeah, like it's just like, I guess, um, well, one, let's talk about you. So you're, are, are from Toronto, our, our, our neighbors to the North. Um, I guess, you know, tell me this a little bit, like, you know, your journey into music, like where did music come from for you? Where, how did it, it was introduced to you and kind of where, you kind of got that spark of like, I want to really pursue music and where that passion came from. Mm -hmm. So I'm very fortunate in that I grew up with a ton of music around me. Um, Both my parents and especially my dad are uh, musicians or at least musicians um, at heart, not professionally. Um, But both my parents sang in choirs while I was really young and my dad would play acoustic guitar for me. And acoustic guitar is my first love as an instrument, just like as a sound, there's not anything that I, adore more than that. Although mandolin is, is coming close, but I don't know if it's going to surpass it. Um, so my dad would play and sing for me like lullabies when I was going to bed and I was like five years old and he would play me, um, 
like Romanian kids songs. So my, my parents are from Romania. Um, they play me like Romanian kids songs on guitar for me to fall asleep. Um, and then I also had, this is really funny, but I had all of these, like at least four or five different toy instruments as a kid. So I was like two or something. And I'd have this little like snare drum or a fake saxophone. And I just loved performing quote unquote. And my parents, I'd just be like, Oh my god, like, are you gonna film me like I'm gonna perform for you. So I was kind of like that kind of kid, which, you know, bless my parents, they were they were down to do it and, and support that. And so then it kind of just, it was almost like pre conscious that decision was pre-conscious like I this was before I even started having memories so it, it always did feel like the path to go on but there was a point in time where in high school when came time to apply for um for university and to see what I was going to do obviously like I personally think that to make that decision at 18 is insane but agreed, um, agreed. I actually applied to a bunch of business schools don't ask me why I just like I've done music all throughout school and I was like oh well you know like I love music and I'm never gonna not not do music but I should like probably have a job that can make me money which whole other mindset that we're not gonna open that can of worms um but yeah so I applied it was super random too because like I don't I'm so sorry but like I don't care about business at all like I don't give up anything about business like I was in these programs and I because I did accept and I did a year and I was like man I was doing fine in the program, but I thought I'm only ever going to be mediocre at this because I just cannot muster it in me to care about this. And then within that year, I also realized I was like, oh man, I haven't really done, because I've been writing songs since I was 12, wrote my first, my first, first, first song when I, like full song when I was 12. And I, you know, was always writing either on piano or on guitar, some, some form of other, I was creating music. And then I realized after that year of doing business, I was like, oh I haven't like written anything. I've barely touched my guitar, you know, et cetera, et cetera, realizing how much I missed it. And then, so then I did the, I did the 180 and I went to music school. Not that you have to go to music school to be a musician, but that was kind of my moment of realization that I was like, I was on this path. And then for some reason veered off it for a brief moment. And then it reaffirmed that I like should continue to be on this path. Well, and it's like, I, I, I can fully understand. I, um, I've been in not involved with like nonprofit education work since I was, 19 years old and I've taken a couple of detours from that, but you, you always feel like you're missing something. There's a part of you that's not there and you're not as engaged in that other thing. And you always kind of have that calling. And I was involved with insurance for a couple of years. And then it's just like, I oh, know I, I this is not where my heart is. It's not where my, my, my passion is. And it, I, I like, there's something about like that first couple of months when you get back into that passion are just like amazing. Just like, Oh yeah. Why, why did it, why did I do that? Why did I take this time away? <laughs> so do you remember by chance the, uh, the song at all when you what were year 12? Cause I, I think that's oh, I find like that fascinating. That's such a good question. I don't know if I could play it, play it, but I can definitely sing you the chorus. It's ridiculous. This, so again, this is my first full thing. I think I had a crush on someone in like grade seven like whenever you're 12 mm -hmm. and there was a must have been a middle school dance and I wrote this song I was I must preface this saying like I was a huge like Taylor Swift kid like she's the reason that I do what I do I had the whole fearless 
um, you know those chord books that have the melody and the and the guitar chords and the piano chords. Mm-hmm. Like I had that book for Fearless, and I learned every single song. I was like obsessed with that album, and no doubt that it's like one of the most formative things for me musically. Um, but again, I was twelve, and so the chorus was something like. It's a beautiful night, you and me on the dance floor. It's a perfect sight, and I couldn't ask for more. So take my hand and we'll dance the night away somehow. All that I know is it's all good now. It was like a minor song. I don't know. It was like kind of groovy. I think that's like great. Like, I, 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 that I wrote. I think I mean, I that's awesome. Like that's, <laughs> I think it's way better than anything I would have ever written at 12. Full disclosure. I think I wrote my most marketable songs between the ages of 12 and like 16. And I will never personally as an artist be able to stand behind those songs. But if someone out there wants to purchase them off of me, we can strike a deal. Cause I won't use them, but I got them. <laughs> I mean, that's not like, it's just, I, yeah, that, that, that's a perfect, you know, you can kind of just ghost write of like, hear all these songs and, but like, I, so you mentioned Taylor Swift and, um, I guess like, what about Taylor Swift? Like that really kind of, you know, drew you to her. What about like her, her vibe and her music that was like, okay, like that is, that's an inspiration for me. Yeah, it was a lot about the songwriting. Like, I will say, like, she, even when, even her early stuff, like, the songwriting is super solid. And I was, like, I was a piano player first and then a guitarist. I picked up guitar later. Um, But I loved just the harmony that she would use was really accessible to me. Like, I was an ear player at that point. Um, Besides, like, the classical stuff I was learning on piano. But when it came to all the pop things, I was very much an ear player. So then, like, all her progressions, like... They were simple enough, but interesting enough that they were just like the right, like child flow state. Like, cause you know, when we're perfectly challenged, but not too challenged, we're in flow state. But it's like, I guess for a kid, like that was the right amount for like 12 year old me. Um, and I liked that, you know, I was a helpless romantic, even when I was 12, again, like I was having crushes at middle school dances and I was like romanticizing the heck out of my life. Um, so there's that element of like fun romance in her songs and, and yeah, just they're, they're like catchy but in a non it's not in a way that you get sick of it or a a way that it just gets a song that will get overplayed and then forgotten about like the songwriting itself was just really really appealing and it also helped that her voice was just like in the perfect range for me to sing for the most part and to and to learn those songs and kind of match match along with her like my other formative album is john mayer's room for squares um which I would argue that that actually came before Fearless because I was like nine years old. I love the story and like people who know me, like they're going to roll their eyes because they've heard the story a million times, but you haven't heard the story. So I'm going to tell you. All right. Um, but when I was nine years old, I was in my, you know, my family car and we were driving home and like, you know, my parents would have the radio on and um, the first, the first track off of, off of Room for Squares, no such thing like that played. And I remember being nine when we like, so it played, it ended and then we pulled into the driveway and I remember sitting in the car and like I could, wouldn't leave the car. I was just so sad. I was crying. I was like, that was the best song I've ever heard. And I'm never going to hear it again. And I don't know what it is because it was on the radio. It's gone forever. And I was just nine years old crying about this. And then my dad's like, no, like it's a CD. Like we have the CD. <laughs> it's my <laughs> so, That's so, adorable. so that was the only CD that was allowed to play in the car like for, for maybe at least a year. <laughs> I... That's one that's adorable. I love that. I love that. I, I, I love that song. I, 
that song came out when it was like my my senior year, and that song really resonated with me. I I, I love the CD version, the demo version of it, um, which is is really real. I I they're both great. That one I, I like even more. It's just such a stripped down version, and as like John Mayer, I think gets a lot of unnecessary flack. I think it became a meme at one point to like, oh, John Mayer, he writes really good songs. He's got a yeah, really good oh, voice. Yeah, as a songwriter, I'm sorry, his voice is like butter. His guitar playing is all, like pretty much unmatched, like just in the idiom that he plays in. Like I still, it's like, it's the way with, there, there are certain bands that you like when you're young and then you kind of grow out of them and you're like, oh, that's a little cringy. But like Taylor Swift and John Mayer, nope. We are, they, there's no fall off there. Like they just, I love them and support them and like I don't think that's ever going to change for me they're like very very formative songwriters for me and it's so funny because they dated and then there was that one song that they sang together like you know what I'm talking about oh yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh yes (laughs) half my heart (laughs) well and like (laughs) and there's another thing about like you know that that you know that music that you like as a kid and like so Bernicolese is mine I I, Bernicolese have been my favorite band since I heard I heard one week, and then my dad was a huge fan and introduced me to the older stuff. And I have friends who are like, "You still listen to that?" Like, yeah, I do. I'm I'm still there. I'm I'm the guy. Um, but because like there's just that music that hits you at, at a point when you're kind of developing that you're never gonna let go. Like I'm sure there are music you know artists that like I'm gonna love them forever, and then you know they kind of go by the wayside. But there's one or two I think everyone has that's like. That's it. Like that was the imprint. Kind of like that. They stand the test of time. Yeah. If they're, if they're good, then they stand the test of time. Well, I think like, like, like I like to think about it as like that movie Inside Out, like kind of like the core memories, the little island, and like Aww, the, yeah. the music island is like it's you know for you it has Taylor Swift and, and John Mayer. For me, it's got you know the Barenaked Ladies. That like that is when I think about music, that's my core. Everything else kind of springs forth from that. I really like that visual of there being like in the center and then it's like ripples or waves and it's circular because I always think timeline, but I really like that visual. I don't know if you ever do at the end of every year, my friends and I started doing like a few friends will do like our own version of Spotify rap where we're a bit more in control and it's just our like top albums of the year. And there's this layout that, you know, you got like your five biggest and then like 10 kind of like second tier and then third tier you got like 40 or or something like it's a big template that you yeah. can use but that i don't know wow i don't know why i was even bringing that up oh just, just I, I guess this is a visual oh it's because i want to make that kind of visual that just inspired me to make that kind of visual but with like circles instead of rows i think it's all and, and i i definitely like end of the year i mean like on the, on the podcast the last couple of years i've done like i'll go through my wrapped um I always kind of keep an eye on like what are my most repeated songs because those are obviously, you know, always show up. It's always interesting to like to see those songs, but like, I like that idea of like also going through like the songs may or the albums that maybe didn't get played as much, but I still loved. And it's just, I, I always love all those end of the year lists. Cause they're always, there's, you know, music that gets released at the beginning part of the year that you forget about. And then you get to like almost rediscover like, Oh yeah, that came out this year. I love that. And yeah. Oh, and I don't even mean the way that we do it is we don't even do it based on like it being that release year. It's more just like in our year, these were the albums that were the most. Oh, meaningful. I like that a lot too. Cause like, Oh, and definitely like, it's like I, there are like right now, if I pull up my, for some reason, uh, like this past year, um, let my love open the door by, uh, Peter town, Pete Townsend 
like for like a random Tuesday, that song popped into my head, and now it's like my number three on my most uh, played for this year. Because something about that song, I just I just love, and it's it, definitely not a new what song. I don't think you know it. I want to add it to my library. Um, but and it's just it's for some reason I think I was watching a TikTok and there's a movie that it's um. I can't remember the name of the movie, but it's Steve Carell is in it and he sings the song in the movie and it was all in the, the, the marketing for it. And it's just a, like a really like, it's a pretty song and I, I like Pete Townsend. Um, but like also like, I, I love it, like there's definitely like, I love listening to music every month myself and one of the guys from this network, we go through the music that was released that month. We've done that every month this year so far. Um, so I've got a bunch of new music, but then I have things like that or like, um, uh, accidentally in love by uh, the counting crows. I, I, I love that song because I think to think of my wife because we were both not looking for love at, at the time or like never thought it was going to happen. And then we met each other randomly on okay Cupid. And um, so, yeah, I just, I like that idea of like the, the, you know, looking back at the music, regardless of the release date of in your life. I think I, I would love that. I would love to, to do that. And I have enough people in my life that are big music fans. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Because, yeah, you get to compare after with other people. So, like, I mean, I guess, like, going for, so, you know, you're, you've, when it comes to, like, you know, becoming an artist, becoming, like, you know, playing live shows and getting into that world, I guess, like, one, like, I, I've only been to Toronto a couple of times, but I do know, like, the, the singer-songwriter and, you know, the music scene is very, you know, it's big in Toronto. And I guess, like, just... What is it like to go into that scene where you have like people that have come out of that scene that are really big and it's, there's a lot of, a lot of venues, a lot of, I guess like, what was that like to start off and like, okay, like I'm going to go from like, I really love playing music. I love playing music by my family to like, I didn't want to now go play in front of other people. And like, it could be five people. It could be 500 people. Like, what is that like? Cause I, I don't, I'm not a musician. I love music. Cannot sing. Can't play a, I played trumpet in high school. That's about it. So I've never had that kind of experience. I'm always curious of what that's like. It's, yeah, I will say the thing with the Toronto music scene is it's, yeah, like there's so much going on here, but there's, I mean, there's definitely your kind of main venues that are maybe harder to break into because those are the places where when people tour, that's where they go. You know, like I'm not playing Budweiser stage. I'm not even, I'm barely playing Lee's Palace, but maybe, maybe I can sooner or later. Um, but there are also plenty of smaller local venues that will if you've just got like you know if you've got a demo reel or something to send them they'll happily book you like there's if, if anything like people who are just up and coming there is support for them in the, in certain certain bookers and certain venues that are accessible now the whole other side of it of like if there's stage fright involved or if there's like that hurdle as opposed to just logistically how on earth do I get a gig like say say you're good at cold calling and you're great at sending those emails and you've, and you've got your your demos or whatever to send um the actual performing it's you know sometimes you're at a dive bar and you're playing to five people that's <laughs> sometimes that's what it, that's what it is and then other times you're playing to a crowd where you you can't even make out the individual faces um I was fortunate enough that I got a few like I went to a performing arts high school and like I had a lot of performing opportunities those are those are my most nerve-wracking to be honest performing in front of a class nothing has made me more nervous like I'm the kind of person where I am more nervous in front of a few people than in front of like a thousand if I'm playing to a thousand there's like there, it feels like there's more of an at least emotional distance versus 
you're right there in a room with your peers, your classmates, the judgment is more palpable. <laughs> um, but it was a really good formative experience. And then I, I also had experience doing like theater shows um, and stuff throughout school. So for me, that side of it, the, the nerve part of it wasn't as big of a concern as the more logistic and, and like breaking in kind of thing. But the other benefit of having gone to music school is that I do already have a network of people who are all kind of doing the same thing so we can help each other out. And you know, if someone's like, hey, I need an extra band on my bill tonight or vice versa, um, kind of know that, that that support system is there. And that's, I mean, that's huge. I mean, like the old adage of it's not, you know, what you know, it's who you know. And, you know, being oh, able yeah, to especially like. especially in music. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I mean, I have. I have friends that, you know, are in you know, in entertainment and yeah, like, like a lot of the times it's, you know, I went to school with this person or like I was on a, I did, you know, stand up and or, you know, I did open mic night and this person was an opener. And so it's, no, that's, and I, I also, like, I, I definitely feel that like, you know, intimate, like I have done when I, when I did stand up way back when um, smaller crowds always terrified me more because also you could see their faces and you could see what landed and see what didn't. If it's a ah. bunch of people, you, you like it, it's just a sea of humanity. If it's like five people like, Oh, like the th- two people didn't laugh. One person really did. Other people are on their phones and it was just, mm-hmm. it's yeah. I, 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 so like when like your first time, like, so your first time you're, you're, in front of, you know, at a, at a, at a bar or wherever you were, like, like, what was that first experience like when you step on stage and you're like, you're, you know, I am now a DNV. I'm this artist. Here is my music. Here is this part of me that I'm giving to you. Like, do you, like, do you remember that? Do you still have cold sweats about it? Like, was that a good experience, bad experience? I think it was very, very long ago. Like at this point, I do not get nervous anymore going on stage. And I don't think that is a personal feat. That is literally just doing it enough times like what I mean by personal like it is a personal feat because it's for me but it's not like a personality thing like oh my personality lends itself to like I I am a very anxious person and I you can't tell because we're one-on-one but in a group of people I'm pretty introverted I actually like am an introvert I recharge alone I like networking is probably one of the freakiest things for me um and yet you know having to go on stage and do that that kind of thing um so that's a learned that's a learned trait. You know, it's just like you do it enough. And now I'm like, this is my job. Like I'm a professional at this. I don't feel the nerves anymore. But I think the very first time that I performed on stage, and I might be totally wrong here. But the main one that I remember is I was 14. And I was in this singing contest in my hometown. So I grew up in Mississauga, which is a city right next to Toronto. Mm -hmm. If you're not aware, it's just a little bit west. Um, So I grew up there and I was doing this contest at a rib fest. And it was was the main stage in the city. And like there was a decent amount of people at this rib fest. Um, And I played, I can't recall which of my songs I played, but I did play um, an original and it was in, it was unfortunate because the way they had, they did it is they put like, there was pairs of people that kind of battled it out, but everyone, we battled on a cover song. So it was like, well, if the cover song is good for your voice, then you'll make it through. So it was just one of those weird things. And then there was like a redemption round where I got to actually play my song and be like, this is what I do. And then all the judges were like, oh, damn, like that was really good. And I was like, you're lost, but but anyway, I was, yeah, I was 14 in front of this, um, just a whole lot of people eating ribs. And I think the fact that it was a whole lot of people eating ribs helped me be less nervous because to be honest, they were, they were, I was background noise for them. 
And I will say sometimes those gigs make you feel, you're like, oh, no, nobody's listening to me. But other times they're actually comforting. You're like, I'm just here fulfilling a function. Like, I'm providing some nice sounds for these people to, to vibe with. And they're not just, like, Hawkeye, you know, looking at you and waiting for you to mess up. No, not that audience, audiences do that. Audiences are on your side. That's something that I've learned. So it's a huge philosophy that I, I live by and I try to teach my students this too. Like, the audience is on your side. Like, they want you to succeed. Or else you get that weird secondhand embarrassment. You know, when you're at a show and then someone's actually not good yeah. at all. Or yeah. they think they're they think they're very good and then they're not and then you get this weird secondhand embarrassment. Like as an audience member, you don't want that. You want to enjoy the music. You want to feel good. So I always say like audiences on your side. They're not waiting for you to fail. They want you to to succeed. I have I experienced that. I was at an open mic night in San Jose, California, and this guy was doing. It wasn't like a rip, total ripoff of Jerry Seinfeld, but it was very much in the style. And this was like in two thousand and three, and like he, it was just bad. And I just like. I felt myself tightening up like, oh no. Yeah, and your like, skin crawls. It's like also like I'm following this guy. And like like part of me is like, oh, I'm following this guy, but also like, no, it, it was just and but like he thought he was killing. It. He thought he was just crushing it. He came back. I'm like, yeah. Just like and like I don't want to, you know, I'm on the same boat as this guy. Like I have the same amount of experience, so I'm I can't be the guy who's like, that was awful. But like everyone knew it was just Yeah, that was I definitely like I I like secondhand embarrassment is something that is not fun, but it, when it happens, it just like yeah, the skin crawls of like oh no oh no yeah oh no. like nobody wants that they want mm. you to 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 do well and so and so that's when you're when you're performing that if you can internalize that it's very comforting because basically what that means is say you forget a lyric there's like a line in the verse that you just forget I do it all the time I forget the lyrics to my own song constantly. The audience is not going to latch on to that. They're basically going to feel a little awkward for the moment that you don't, you don't sing or maybe you even play it off and you laugh a little bit about it into the mic. But then as soon as you pick up, they're right there with you. They're not, you know, they're not dwelling on what just happened. They're with you and, and as long as you recover, like, they're going to completely forget about that and they're just going to get back, right back, they're going to snap right back into the song and they're going to enjoy the rest of your performance a bit. So... You know, obviously, like you know, Taylor Swift being you know an early on influence. As you've kind of you've, you've aged and you've, you've you've grown as a musician, like I guess like now, if you had to put together like you know a, like a playlist of you know, three to four to five different artists now that are you know you draw inspiration from or kind of motivate you to be you know a, an artist or and keep evolving, like who are those artists? I mean, she's still my queen. She's still at the top of that list. Love it. Um, John Mayer. I will still put him on there for sure. I don't know if he's number two, but like he's there. Um, definitely Pine Grove. Have you heard of Pine Grove and do you listen to Pine Grove? I have not. I, I'm not familiar. They're a really cool, a really cool kind of like indie Americana. They've recently dubbed themselves. I might, I might mess this up, but I swear they just dubbed themselves like literature rock or something like that's like super pretentious i i don't know if i support it or not but their music is really it's quite unique and it's i i don't even know how to describe it they're like a little bit math rocky but not even they just like do some weird t things with the time but they their writing is super poetic it's it's a unique vibe so they're they're definitely up there um I mean, I can't not say that Phoebe Bridgers isn't on there, but I'll be honest, the amount of just, like, not overrated, like, she deserves every last ounce of praise, but just the, like, sheer landslide that is Phoebe stands is yeah. a little scary. Um, 
but she like as a songwriter she's she's there same with i would maybe put like her and lizzie mcalpine to just like be together on there i don't know if you know lizzie I, i'm um, familiar with the name I, i'm not super familiar with her work but yeah it's it's also kind of you know soft-spoken like female fronted um singer-songwriter stuff but her writing style is really like she was also a theater kid like loves um loves broadway and like i i was a theater kid growing up so you can kind of hear that in the music and that makes it makes it kind of fun um but yeah i would definitely say pine grove is up there so that's four what would be my like what's what's an influence that you have that is like out of left field that people would not expect of like oh you're like oh that. yes i love that i love that as a question because i actually quite like I have a theory, and I believe that punk music and country music are not as far as people think they are. Amen. I think they are a lot closer together in genre. Like, if I were to under my genre, like, genres are, maybe they're a bit passe at this point, but under my broad genre umbrella of, like, indie, <laughs> I will put, yeah, like, country and, and punk's right there, and then so is musical theater. Like, these things are all, like, heavy into lyricism. Yeah. They, they, they play around with like, like rhythmically, they'll, they'll try to play around with, um, the way you recite lyrics. Um, I like like the harmony that they use. I don't know. Like I love, <laughs> like I love Marinus Trench so much. I'm not saying Marinus Trench is punk, but, but Marinus Trench is huge. Like I love Josh Ramsey's writing and the harmony work like vocally. I love that a lot. Um, yeah, it's one of those things, too, where you ask me, like, I do have my, like, main ones, but then, you know, when someone asks you, like, oh, what's a song you've been digging recently? And then you're just like, have I ever heard a song in my life? Yeah. Like, oh, no. It's... You're going to go back in your Spotify and be like, what am I even listening to? I get asked that. Like, and people are like, oh, like, they find out I have a music podcast. They're like, oh, like, what's some, some new music I should be listening to? I'm like, I, uh, um, <laughs> do, do, do you know the Hokey Pokey? Like, I just, like. Yeah, literally. I just like it happened. Um, like at, at work, we have some new people, and then like you know they always do like, "What's a fun fact about you?" Like, "Oh, I have a music podcast." Oh, great! Like, what should I be listening to? I'm like, "The Beatles are cool." Like, if you've heard of them, um, it's, but I love yeah. your point about um, punk and 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 country. So, are you familiar with the Avett Brothers? I am not. Oh, the, so the Avett Brothers are they're screaming up right now. They're screaming up my, my list of like all-time favorites. I love them to death. They started off as a punk band. And if you listen to their most popular music now, you would not know that because they are so too... What, the, what, what album should I add? Uh, um, start with I and Love and You. Because that's where okay. I started. Gorgeous. Okay, and it, like so, And that album is... Oh, I, like the, I, I, I desperately want to own it on vinyl. Um, one of the things that my dad left me... I was all of his vinyl, and so I've started to collect it. And but uh, with them, like they're two brothers from North Carolina, and they're you know they play banjo and like it, so like when I first got into them, like oh then I find out like I watch a documentary about them and yeah they start off with the, the, the screamo punk band and like what the the guys that Taylor Swift has said that one of her um may, I. I'm probably going to get the band wrong, but it's maybe it's all American rejects. Mm -hmm. It's, it's yep. like one of those kind of, you know, early two thousands kind of punk rock bands. Like that's one of her like main inspirations. And, and like, her, I could get that. Does, but like there's elements, right. That, that you borrow. So yeah. Like for example, like I love modern baseball. Like I, like, they're great that, but it's so, it seems really far removed from what I do, but still like it's yeah. Or like, Weezer, like the blue album, incredible, amazing. Mm -hmm. 
we just we just played a show and, and we my band covers Buddy Holly. Oh, nice! <laughs> I I love that. Like and like like even like some like a Jimmy Eat World. Like Jimmy Eat World, like everyone knows them like from the middle, but like their earlier stuff is very melodic and, and like you could almost like it's very kind of indie like like that. And no, I, I think that you're right in that genre. I mean, genre it still has a place, but. We grew up, we're growing up now, especially the people, you know, the, you know, you still have younger people, like there's like the genres are like kind of gone. There's no more like, I just listened to this one thing because now everyone listens to everything because they have access to everything that mm. like no one's. all just... these things form from the combination of multiple of these maybe single genres. So that, that's what I'm finding is it's like, I, I definitely, my music has a genre, but if I am to try to put it one name on it, I don't succeed. It has to be like a, it's almost like a tree and there's all these roots that make it. Well, and like, you don't want to limit yourself because like we were talking about before we went on. So like the latest project you have on Spotify um, is EDM. And so like, if like, again, like myself who discovered you through, you know, just you and a, and a mandolin, like when I'm like, oh, EDM. That's interesting, and I was not expecting that. But, like, why limit yourself? Why say, I'm only going to make this kind of music, as opposed to, like, I'm going to make music that I like, and it might be in this genre, it might be in that genre, I might make up a new genre and just do what I want. And, like, it's got to be nice to, like, kind of have that freedom of whatever music comes out of me, that's what it is. That's the genre. It's, it is. Yeah, the, and I have found myself leaning. So the EDM project is, I will say, like, they're my songs, but that's not the music that I make, um, but I still very much stand by those songs, and I was pleasantly surprised at how, you know, they translated into that genre pretty well, I would say. Like, yeah. also, the my friend that I worked with on those, um, he's, he's very talented in, in the genre, Ken from Alex Cade, um, but I, I do, even within, like, my writing and with my band, I find myself veering, like, we went a little more punk, and then now I'm leaning more country and it's, and it's this interesting wave that we're riding, but, but it's like, they're still my songs. And I'm sure that there's still like that imprint of, as long as you're the one writing it, like there will be a cohesion because yeah. they're your, they're it's, like your babies. Like they're, they, they're going to have some of your DNA in them. Oh, for sure. It's like, like anyone that's creative. Like I, like when I started podcasting many, many years ago, um, like before it was a call podcasting, like I did, I, I like wrestling. So like, if you see behind me, you've got a wrestling belt and there was wrestling masks and like, but I, and that's where I started, but then I've, you know, I have a music podcast. I, I've done movie stuff. It's like, why limit yourself to just one thing when whatever the inspiration is in that moment, just go with it. And I, I, I always appreciate artists that are willing to like, like, like one of my favorite bands that I always get kind of flack for. I love Mumford and Sons. It be, it's another one of those things that became a meme they've definitely changed their sound from when they came on the scene to now, but that's where they wanted to go. And like, I will, like I always see people like, Oh yeah, why don't you go back to that thing? Or like with like, no doubt, no doubt had tragic kingdom. And then Gwen Stefani went off on her own way and was like, Oh, just do the same thing. It's like, why would you want to do the same thing for ever and ever and ever, as opposed to like just making, you know, whatever it is you feel that in that moment, if you come back to that genre, that's great. But like, let people evolve. Like if people don't evolve, yeah, like oh yeah, it's 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 kind of absurd to expect artists to not evolve. Like I feel I I am it's like conceptually I I am behind that and like philosophically I'm behind that. But I will say I am one of those people who like for example take for me the big one is Coldplay. Okay, like mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. 
I think that the best album ever on earth has already been made and it was made in 2000 and it's Parachutes by Coldplay and you can't convince me that that album isn't just perfect. And, and so that, and then to what they do now, it's still beautiful and really, really cool. But I'm like, I almost wish that you would have just like renamed yourself. Like yeah. go ahead and do that. But it's like weird to me to be like, now when you say that I listen, but then again, think of like Smashing Pumpkins. It's like, oh, I like this band. And then it's like, they have so many eras that you can't even really like, what does that mean? Like you got to actually specify, okay, which era, which album. Yeah, um, I don't know, agreed. But, but so it's like completely fine, but also as like a listener with my silly little ego, I'm like, but I really like the old stuff. Why couldn't you make more of the old stuff? But it's fine. I still just go back to the old stuff and listen to it. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, and, like, I, I will do that with, like, I'm a big ska guy. And, like, I will, every now and then I will lament, like, oh, man, just give me, like, another Tragic Kingdom. Like, just give me one more of those. But, like, also, like, I, I'm so Coldplay, like, you know, when it's in late high school is when they, they kind of came onto the scene. And I really liked the first album and then kind of less and less. And then I think it was in 04, I saw them live. They put on a hell of a live show. It was one of the best live shows I've ever seen, and just so good. Um, they, they, they did a cover of "I'm on Fire," and it was just so like that is one of the best live performances I've just seen. Period. And like I will, you know, Coldplay is another one of those bands that gets kind of undo hater meme hate, but like I don't think anyone can ever say that like Chris Martin and that band are not wildly talented musicians they're so good and it's yeah yeah, i mean you don't get that big you know without having talent like it's not just like some weird hype machine like they are just really really good um i guess like when it comes to like you know music now i guess like you know what are some i guess some newer artists or you know at the moment like if we had to break into your your spotify and like what is the music right now that you're you know you're kind of jamming along to at the moment Mm-hmm. Great question, and I will reference my Spotify, but there's a few that I can say even without it. I think I also have another answer for the, in the top five, you know how I didn't have a fifth? Mm-hmm. The fifth is 1975, actually. Oh, yes, I yes. I love the 1975, and I just got tickets to their concert, like, pre-sale I'm, I'm so pumped for the new album. They're, they really did something new, and they, I, I feel like they changed, they influenced a lot with, with their sound. So they're, I'm a huge fan of them. So I've actually been bumping their like new couple of singles recently, but another, um, I really like slow pulp. They're like an indie, indie rock, little bit atmospheric, but just like little grungy too. Big, big fan. Um, slow pulp, like their recent album movies. Um, I was really, unless it's supposed to be pronounced movies, but I don't think so. Cause it's like M O V E Y. Nice. Um, yeah, I think some of the Christian Lee Hudson is huge for me. Like his, he mostly does like acoustic guitar stuff, and his songwriting is so 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 beautiful. Very sad, um, but his album Beginners is, uh, I would say, a near perfect album. Um, my, you know how I was talking about that album ranking thing that I do at the end of the year? I mm-hmm. already know that my number one spot is reserved for the new Bros Landreth. Ooh, nice. If you know the Brothers Landreth? Um, I get, like, familiar with the name, but I haven't heard a bunch, but I, I will definitely take a so listen to that. So, Come Morning, it, like, it's labeled as country, but I would I would argue that it kind of transcends um, genres. Like, their songwriting is so beautiful, and just sonically, the way that that album is crafted is 
so incredible. Like, it came out, and I listened to nothing but that album for a full week. Like, five times a day, full album, going on repeat until, like, I lived in every single song. Each one of them was my favorite for a moment, you know, so that's, that's a big one nice. that I would say. Um, and then Gregory Allen Isakov, I've been, you know, he, he's been around for a sec, but I, like, re- you know, I revisit him from time to time. It, it's funny because I will go through, not, it's not phases. Like, I love these artists, but then I, I sometimes decide, like, I'm very much a comfort. Like, sure, I'll pop on a playlist, but I'm, like, an album person. And yes. I will have, like, I will go and return to my comfort things for a while. So I actually just had a month where all I listened to was, like I said, like, the Christian, like, I had a month where I only listened, my February was Punisher by Phoebe Bridgers. That was pretty much the whole month. March was Beginners by Christian Lee Hudson. Then... This past little while, I lived inside Gregory Allen Isakov's discography. Just and now, now it's Radiohead. Now I'm back to Radiohead. I'm 15 again. Oh and I'm just, man, I'm just Radioheading right now. Okay, so like, what's what's the what's the favorite Radiohead album? There is no favorite, but there is a top tiers for me. And okay, this is as someone who like I did go through when I had my Radiohead phase at 15. I did go and listen to everything, but these are the ones that stuck. I'm sure like I can revisit. Like there's no reason that when Moonshape Pool came out, I didn't give it the time of day. Like I will revisit that and I'm sure it's gorgeous. But for me it's okay, like I'm not gonna not say okay computer. Yes, obviously. Mm -hmm. In Rainbows, big, the bends, big. Those are like those are my big ones. Um but you know, I, I don't know. I feel like it's polarizing. I feel like, well, and like Radiohead. So I will be honest. I am not the biggest Radiohead fan. I, I will never, I don't question the fact that they are amazing musicians. Tom York is just, is, is one of those, like he's one of those musicians that I'm going to look back and like, Oh, I was alive when he was making music because <laughs> he's that amazing. But, but the, the, the um, fake plastic trees, when I moved to California, I, I did this nonprofit AmeriCorps thing. And there was a guy I lived with that he played that song and he was older than all of us. And we were all very homesick. A lot of us had moved across the country and he would play that almost like as a lullaby at night. Aww. And so, and it was just him and the guitar and he has a beautiful voice. And it's like, whenever I hear oh, that he song, play it, play it. yeah, he would play it, play it. And he was just like, he would sit in our bedroom. Cause like we, like it was seven people in a two bedroom apartment <laughs> And he would play that for us. And it was just like, to this day, like I hear that song and I, I just think of that, you know, and him like understanding, like he was like in his twenties and we were all like 19, 18 year old kids at high school. And he was the seasoned like 22 year old and just like tears. And so like that song will always have a place in my heart, but just, I mean, but all of the bends and it, it just, yeah. Like it's one of those things where I think anyone who doesn't acknowledge that Radiohead is a very important band in music and, you know, in the 20th century, the 21st century as well. Like I don't like some people are just like, they want to hate, they want to be haters. Um, but I will say, I do understand why it's not everyone's cup of tea. I think like, it's more I, of the fans totally, like Radiohead, totally, yeah. Radiohead diehards, like with any diehards, like, like I, it's, it's great to be a fan, but when you get those people that are kind of like, like with Phoebe, you know, Phoebe Bridgers, like fans, like, like the super fan of like, everything they do is amazing. If you don't understand it, then you are wrong. It's like, okay, well calm down, calm down. <laughs> I don't, I don't buy into that. It's like, I like this. I like this, but like you, there's a, there's a level of like, Ooh, but, um, but no, I, I definitely like, um, I, I, I'm, I love playlists. Obviously I make a lot of playlists. Uh, this year I've been trying to be 
go back to listening to more albums from front to start. Uh, the one that's big for me this year is there's a band called camp. Um, and they just put out an album in June called lavender days, which is, I think you might really like, um, they're just, it's very stri- stripped back and it's just really, really good. And it's, I just, I do love listening to artists album because I think not every album is a concept album, quote unquote, but I think every artist, and you can buy speak this way better than I can. Like there's clearly a, a mindset. They were there. It's a time of their life. It is time of that. I want to listen to all of that. Cause they put the, those songs on that album for a reason. And it could be completely random or it could be very intentional, but I want to listen to it in its entirety. Cause I think, I, I think everyone should listen to you know an album in its entirety is once to get the full vision of an artist. And I mean, like, like when you like with you, like when you, when you put out music, like, or like, you know, when you are thinking about like albums, like, do you have that vision of like, this is what I want this piece to say? Is it like a one-off thing or is it like a entire kind of overarching theme? There's definitely been like, I have many eras of, of songwriting where these songs, they were very much written in this time period. And I had all these ideas for EPs and, and, you know, like before I was, I didn't have the means to, to make them or I wasn't in a, you know, there was no studio access. I didn't have equipment, whatever. So I have like, I'm not even kidding, like a hundred at least just songs, voice notes and written down. And like, I've got them, they're there. Something will be made of them eventually. But in terms of my, so for example, like fallout mom and dad, like I, right now I've been thinking a lot more of like a side, B side kind of things. And and singles like I initially this um past year like I had an idea for like a seven track almost like a mini album a little bit longer than an EP a little bit shorter than an album and I did have songs that I thought kind of went together like they were all written around the same time but then I realized and this is like and and I um I've had to force myself to think a little bit more businessy recently like I'm not that kind of artist but it is important like if this is your full-time gig to like think about that stuff and um I think it just makes more sense to release things as not just singles again like I said I'm thinking a lot about like a-side b-side like Andy Schaff is another artist that I love a lot um who actually lives in Toronto love that man um I could run into him in Parkdale if I really if I really tried if I tried and walked those streets every day I know someone who ran into him at a coffee shop so pretty cool um but he tends to release like he sometimes will release things as like and it's digital of course but it's like supposed to be like an a side and b side of a of a, of a record yeah. um but with just singles so that's kind of what i've been thinking of when i when i think of fallout and mom and dad those i mean those i released a long time ago those I actually wrote at the end of high school like i was young when i wrote those but then we re-recorded them in 2020 and released them or 2019 maybe it was um but those were written and it's reason why the album art is the same conceptually like those are from the same time period, right? Yeah. Um, so, so I do have those kinds of little um, pockets of of songwriting. That's how I think about it now. I'm sure down the line, like absolutely, would love to. That that's a big dream to make. And even the live in Toronto EP, that's that became an EP. It was almost like retroactively I picked the songs that would because that that was all from a live concert that I put on. Um, so then I picked the ones that the sound was the best for. <laughs> um so that's how that I mean it was still all in that one performance and it was from that time period but wasn't as crafted as I would probably like to be in the future with studio things um but yeah man I agree with that though it's not like it's okay it wasn't 
brought to life as a concept album, but it kind of it kind of becomes that regardless. Definitely. Like, it's got to have a cohesion for it to be a good album. Yeah, yeah definitely. And so, like, we, we, we you know, we, we kicked off the interview with Mom and Dad, so let's play a little bit of Fallout, because, I again, these, these songs will be on my, my most play because I've just been, I obviously one, I wanted to listen to the songs to get to be familiar with them. But then I just like got really into them and it's like, Oh yeah, by the way, I'm interviewing this person. So let's play a little bit of fallout and we'll come back. And then you are very nice to, to grace us with, with a performance, which I'm super excited. So here is a little bit of fallout and just, I want to plug this here. Not only is your music available on Spotify, but Bandcamp. And remember, folks, every single first Friday of every month is Bandcamp Friday. If you purchase the music on Bandcamp the first Friday of the month, 100% of the money goes to the artist. So buy it whenever. Don't get me wrong. Don't wait. But, like, if you can, buy things on the first Friday of the month because Bandcamp is a great, you know, all the artists that we've had on have band camps. So please, please, please. And all of Adina's links will be uh, put out in all the show notes. But just want to put it out there. Please, please, please support you know, Dina and all the artists that are on the, the podcast. Go to their band camp. Please, please, please own the music, own it and stream it. Do both. I will say that on band camp is a special thing. And in, in terms of my band camp is I have a couple of, um, they're called the shame, shame demos. And it's kind of another A side, B side shtick of, um, these two songs, original songs that I, I recorded there. They are, they are demos, but they're, you know, actually recorded and I flushed them out with harmonies and and so those are only available on on Bandcamp they're not on streaming um there you go so like the, then one little perk so you should everyone should go and just you know like you know I don't you know we're kind of towards the middle of the month so if you want to wait till the first of September or not just just buy it all just buy it all buy it twice make another account buy it twice uh <laughs> That might be a little bit much, but hey, you know, you, know, you do what you got to do. So here's a little bit of fallout. We'll be right back. And uh, so enjoy. Blindsided by your perfection. I just want your attention all the time Confused by your subtle glances Am I missing my chances or am I blind? Cause my dear, anytime I think such a just relaxing just so good i really yeah i really like it i really i just like your music and like i've like i've been told like you know sometimes like you can't be as like enthusiastic like why not like i don't want to i'm not a professional at this i'm just a a guy who really enjoys music that i get lucky enough to interview people and i like your music it's really good um 
and to kind of go back to like how I discovered, so like what prompted you to want to do the, uh, the mandolin series on TikTok? Like what, just as like a spur of the moment things like you had thought about, like what was that, that, that process? So something about me is again, like acoustic guitar is my first love. Even though I started on piano, like I just have a thing for acoustic string instruments. I just love them. So have a couple acoustic guitars, bought myself a banjo. Then I was like, what's missing from this family? Oh, a mandolin. So I asked um, my dad for a mandolin for Christmas and he delivered. It was very sweet of him. Nice. Um, he found me a nice one. And so I kind of just picked it up. And again, like, so I'm with these kinds of things, like I'm an ear musician and I kind of just noodle and I find things that I like the sound of and I chase after what my ear says to do. Um, my ear and my heart. That's what I follow when I make music. Um, and so I was messing around with mandolin. Like I love the tone of it, like the sparkle. I, I just, it's a beautiful, beautiful tone. Um, it's a, it's a sweet little, you know, actually little instrument, um, to play. And so then just, just for fun, like the way that it actually started and this, this video didn't blow up or anything, but the way that the songs that shouldn't be covered on mandolin series started is cause I actually did a cover of, um, the Ariana song that I think it's just called One More Time. Like the one that's like, One More Time. I, I think you're right, yeah. Like that one. I don't even see that. I'm like, such a phony. Like, I don't even know what the song's called. But that's why I was like, this shouldn't be covered on mandolin. This is a pop. This is a pop song. Whatever. So then I covered that one. That one didn't even, nothing happened with it. It just got as many views as the, you know, the other things I was making at the time. Um, but that was where that idea came from. And then another day I was like, I was literally just noodling around and then I was like, oh, this really sounds like, because the first, the first mandolin video that, that people liked a lot um, was I did Today by Smashing Pumpkins. And I was just noodling around. I was like, wow, like the, I could play this on mandolin. And I was like, oh, whatever, like, let's just do it. And I think the combo of that being so out of left field that a Smashing Pumpkin song would be covered on mandolin. And then the, also the fact that I called it songs that shouldn't, because again, it really felt to me. I was like, this is funny. Like, this is a song that does not belong on this instrument, like quote in quotes, you know, it does not belong. Um, so that combination was really good of people being like, wait, no, but it should, it sounds really good. Like we like it. And so that one kind of got, um, and then, and then someone there had requested for me to do no surprises. And I was like, I know that one. I love that song. Let's do it. And then that one got a lot of traction too. So then it was one of those things of like, and, and again, sorry to be businessy about it. Um, but you know, you, you do sometimes have to like, yeah, TikTok is about finding your niche, but sometimes your niche finds you because I wasn't expecting to do that. But then I realized that, I mean, it, it, it's, I, I love doing it as well, but it seems like people also love it. And, and that's, that's, what's most important to me is like, I would like to deliver on what, you know, my listeners like. So I'm doing something like, I got to make sure that I also enjoy it. I'm not going to do something that I don't enjoy. Um, but we somehow found this interesting marriage of like nineties and early two thousand song on songs on mandolin. Like that's, that's where we've met in the middle, me and my audience. Um, so, so yeah, like I, I, I do think that that's a, a fun little thing that I've been exploring on TikTok recently and people seem to like it. So and, that, and that's how you found me. So, yeah, well, I mean like in like, you know, the, on the video for, uh, for your love, which is just awesome. Like you've got Dan Poppenmeyer, uh, commenting on that, which lo I mean, he won. He's great on on TikTok. Enjoy him very much. Um, he's loving that. Um, I loved the uh, the gentleman whose name escapes me right now. Uh, commented about um, very reminiscent of Nickel Creek because Nickel Creek is some a band that is very very. So um, a lot of people also 
doesn't say Alison Krauss, who so, yep. star, absolute like icon. I and like Nickel Creek, um, uh, when you find your way down, um, that's the song I I danced to my, uh, with my mom at my wedding. Like that's the song. Like she put on on a on a CD for me when I moved away, and like that is the song I like. I cannot listen to that song without thinking about my mom and crying. So like when I saw when I saw that's like. Yes, like that is probably why it resonated, and then also like Alison Krauss, like she loved like our love for Alison Krauss, like you know she get kind of gave me that love, and so I just like that. Just that's I think that's what resonated when I first saw it, and also like TikTok, I love TikTok, but there is a lot of like it's nice to have a, a breath a breath of fresh air of like something that's nice. There's no like agenda behind it. It's like, hi, I have this, th- I want to do this nice thing to brighten your day through your scroll through, you know, cause I, I'm on like political TikTok and all these other kind of TikToks. And it's just nice to have like, Oh, here's just nice. It's just nice. <laughs> and it's just like, it's just, but it's just like, I, I love the, the response they got. Also like the fact that, my wife, like the day after, like I had, I told her like you're gonna be on the podcast. She sent me the video from the Washington Post using your sound to for their video about Nancy Pelosi's trip to uh, Taiwan. Wait, I'm sorry, I don't know about this. Yeah, the Washington Post's TikTok. Yeah, so like their TikTok, they did a video about her, her uh, Nancy Pelosi's trip to Taiwan, and it is set to your sound of your cover of. Um, your love. Oh my goodness. I am seeing this as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Wow. That is so funny. See, this is the thing too, though, is like when a video blows up and actually I have a funny story about this. And I mean, like in, it, it could have blown up even even bigger and I don't mean that in like an ungrateful way I just mean like it could have been more overwhelming mm-hmm. like I I was really overwhelmed for a couple of days um but then but then things kind of like settled down but th- this is wow this is amazing I'm gonna see here's the thing is I'm gonna have to go through like the thing is that I tried to avoid because there was so much going on on my phone I tried I didn't do the thing where I read every comment and mm. scrolled and watched every duet you know because you can get lost in that and I have a few friends like being a a musician and, and and I have a few friends who have a little bit of a taste of fame right and they they have told me that like it's it's a slippery slope of because you can get a whole lot of self-validation that way but also you can hit like that one hate comment or something and it just sends you for a spiral you know so I was just trying to be really cognizant of that um also as someone who regularly has far too much screen time I just was like you don't need more of that um so so I actually haven't seen I haven't seen everything that's used the sound because I've seen that was oh, they they'll be like oh this person duetted you that'll come up as a notification but I don't think you get a notification when someone uses your sound I can't even believe because that is the first one next to the mine being the original like that is the second the Washington Post is going to be the second one that is crazy yeah like I was and like I like their stuff has been great over you know since you know the, the, the pandemic started but like it was just oh sorry, sorry. no no it was just like the craziest thing of like. <laughs> Like, like, it's like my wife and I, and I, I, I've said this on the podcast before, like, at the, like probably maybe not every single night, but like a couple times a week, we will sit in bed and we will send each other TikToks throughout the day. And we have our TTT, which is TikTok time. It's my, I wife, my wife and I and our cat Oliver will like sit between us on the pillow and he watches them. And so we, we, it's a lot of cat videos. So he's, he's in there quite a bit, but she, like we're watching that and like, 
I, you know, I was, oh, Washington Post. And then I hear your voice. I'm like, oh, she's like, yeah, I saw it. It came up on my For You. And like, like that's so cool. And it was just like, yeah, I thought that was just like the coolest thing. And I, like, I, like with, with my TikTok, the For You TikTok, like the, the video where I do, I, I do edit you telling people you're going to be on the podcast was the most, like, like I have the most views I've ever had on anything because people are just like, that was, again, like it's, Love it's, the sound. It's it's a great. I mean, it's a again, it's a beautiful sound. It was literally just a song that was stuck in my head. Like it came okay, and this was so it's so serendipitous all the time because there was a TikTok that used that act like the actual like outfield version, and I remember listening to it and something about just like I was like, man, this just hits right. Like it's so catchy. I love the delivery, whatever. And I was like, I could I could sing that. And so it was just stuck in my head and I was like listening to it for a few days and then I was like, oh, like, why don't I cover this on mandolin? And then boom. And so the story that I want to tell you about that video going big is that, so my, my boyfriend lives in Huntsville, which is middle of nowhere for anybody listening, but it's, so it's in Muskoka, like near Algonquin Park. Um, so a little bit up north and I, so when I go up there, I don't have service. So I was up there, um, for the long weekend and we went camping. And so I, like, I literally, like, I did not have service. I did not have my phone for two days and I posted that video before I left. So you can imagine I come back from camping. Oh man. Open my phone, open my phone and it's just like, boom, just like thousands upon thousands of followers and views and stuff and I was like oh my goodness this is insane like I was I mean thrilled but also it was just like not the usual way that someone would see that because you know you open your phone and the the notifications just come but I didn't have it for 48 hours so I'm (laughs) sure it was just like an onslaught of like who died what yeah I, I can't imagine that like on the level like I yeah that's that's gotta be wild it was, yeah, it was obviously like thrilling, but also a little anxiety inducing. I was like, oh my goodness, just getting a lot of, since, since it's died down, actually, my DMs are crickets, you know, it, it came, came and went, but there just was a lot of messages. There was a lot of DMs. There was a lot of emails. There was a lot of duets. There was just like many and many an opportunity. It was wonderful. Um, but I will just say that all of that coming all at once after two days of literal wilderness <laughs> was just like the... <laughs> oh, I'm sure that had to be like, I have, you know, I've turned on my phone after like, you know, being on a plane or something like that. And like, I get like, you know, a decent amount. I can't fathom that. Like, I, I'm sure your phone just like, just kept going for like minutes on end. Like what happened? Like, why is it going to shit? Uh, that just, I can't imagine that. Would, that would have been a wild thing to be like, I'm sure your boyfriend was just like, what happened? What did, what did you, what did you do? What did you do? It's like, I just posted a video. <laughs> And then like, also I loved your, um, so I'm a big, uh, Weedis fan. And so, uh, love teenager. I love that also that's a trend now of like showing pictures from when you're, oh, oh yeah, that's, I should maybe try to spin that into a trend of like, do that, but with my sound. That's T I would, that's perfect. I, I, but like, I just, anything Weedis, like I, my, my nephew who is God, what he's 12 or 13, like apparently that song is coming into like the younger generation is, is discovering that song. Cause like he found my brother-in-law's uh, iPod and he was like, look at like, we listen to this classic rock. Like what do you, what, what classic rock? Weedus. I'm like, I love you. I want to hit you now because that's not classic rock. That's because rock, like baby. when you say classic rock, I'm thinking like, Oh, the like, you know, blood, sweat and tears. Like my dad used to listen to you, but it, it's the same distance between like when I was a kid to like, right. 
like like I think I have a on a playlist where like it was Teenage Dirtbag and it was the version that was on the Dawson's Creek soundtrack, which is just like wow, that was a show I watched as a child and, but um, yeah, so I I just I I think it's awesome. I will I obviously like I will with bated breath listen to like any of the covers. I think they're awesome. Do you have I mean not to spoil anything, but do you have any others like in the works? Any any other plans for that or? In terms of the mandolin covers? Yeah. I actually have a list. I do my best to keep a list of the things that people uh, um, request. I definitely can't, like, can't possibly even see all the comments. But I I, I think especially some, some of them resonate with me. So I have a notes app. On my notes app, I have, okay, I want it that way. This is what's on the notes app. So I will read it out. So I, this oh, is awesome. No, no promises, but I want it that way. Landslide, Fleetwood Mac. Um, probably going to do Dreams by the Cranberries. Ooh, nice. Um, I've got Live Forever by Oasis. Robbers by the 975. We seem to like the 975 uh, mandolin cover. And I love, again, love that band. And then Still the One by Shania Twain, which actually, like, I like playing that song a lot on gigs and on, like, guitar. So I'll, 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 I can translate that to, to mandolin. I, if, if I can put in a suggestion, mm-hmm. anything Nickel Creek or... When you say nothing at all by Alison Krauss, because I would immediately send that to my mom and she like one, my mom likes your stuff. I'll, I'll put it that because I, I, I send my mom, like I, I, I download song like videos and send it to her. Cause like, I'm not going to try to explain to her how to work TikTok, but like I send it to her and she's like, Oh, that's just so nice. I love that. I'm like, so you have, you, you are mom approved. I love that. What, what, sorry, which Alison Krauss was it again? Um, when you say nothing at all. When you say nothing, okay. But I mean, any Alison Krauss, like it's, I, her voice is, I. It's like yeah. a stream. Someone on TikTok was sweet enough to, to say that my voice was like this, but you got to know, like I use the TikTok reverb feature. Okay. Like I'm, I'm putting that on my voice. Like that's not what I sound like. Um, but someone was like, your voice is like a fresh, it's not like, it's like breath of fresh air, but it was like, it's like water from this sparkling creek or something it was like it, it was the water equivalent of breath of fresh air and like i think of that like just a just a just a, a nordic stream like that's how i think of alison krauss's voice like it's just so like crystalline and pure like her her voice is unreal like one of the songs that i think i mean i love all of her, her music but the, i think the song for me that is the most beautiful that she sings is uh the crimson tide uh it is from off of the cold mountain soundtrack uh it was like in early 2000s and it is a. I've not heard that, but it's not ringing a bell right now. It, it or the the Scarlet Tide, not the Crimson, the Scarlet Tide. Um, it is heartbreakingly beautiful. I mean, and it just, but she does. It's I mean, make me cry. It, it yes, probably. Oh. Um, but okay, I mean, also just, like just, I will listen to it. I just need to emotionally prepare beforehand. I that. but I also like I mean all of her stuff on the Oh Brother Where Art Thou soundtrack is just like um you know yeah any any like any of her stuff can immediately get me to cry because as I've gotten older, I cry a lot easier, but also because it's just so good. And her voice is just, um, but I am so thrilled that you are willing to play a song for us. I I am so excited. Um, So I am going to turn my mic off and just listen to whatever you want to play for us. Cause I'm just so excited. Like you are the first person to actually play on the podcast. So I have, I have wanted this. And so I am super, super excited. So uh, without any further ado, here's Dina V just let's enjoy it together, folks. 
Thank you. Yeah, so I was thinking about what to play, and I think I'm going to go similar vibe of Mom and Dad Fallout. This is an unreleased. I always like to play some unreleased stuff, just, just for funsies, like exclusive content. Um, and this is um, a little thing I wrote called Interlude Still Blue. I don't know why I called it an interlude. To be honest, I've written songs that are shorter than this, but here we are. That's that was really that was awesome. That was beautiful. Thank you. That was great. Oh my goodness! Thank thank you. Thank you so much for doing that. That uh, I honestly like like goosebumps. That is, I love that. Um, so before we go, um, one I, I on the way out, we're gonna, we're gonna uh, listen to a little bit of your new song that is um yet to come out. It's coming out very very soon. You can follow um your link tree and you can pre save that song, um, which I highly, you know, people should, should be doing, but I guess like, are there, let's, let's talk about, you know, all your socials, any projects coming up, you know, like just, you know, everything that, you know, people can do to follow you and to, you know, get on, you know, the, the basement here, the, the first floor of what I'm sure is going to be just the up, upward train. Cause I, and I, I, I don't say this just because you're on the podcast. Like I just think you're such a great artist. And I think that I, 
I am excited to see where things go from here. So, um, you know, how can people find you? And like, is all the information, this is your time to share all that. And awesome. Doke, yes, if you want to get on the Adina V train, I welcome your board. Um, so I, yes, the most exciting uh, order of business is that I have a single coming out. It's called Admit It. It comes out August 31st, last day of the, well, not last day of the summer, but you know, in my brain, August is summer, September is fall. I don't care what the solstice has to say about it. Um, so last day of the summer, um, Admit It comes out. It is like this dreamy country pop indie alternative big umbrella um you know it's like fearless and red era taylor swift that's 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 the best way i can describe it um the other thing that i say to my band all the time about this song is easy breezy beautiful cover girl so if that feels like an energy that you want to get behind you're gonna like this song um so that comes out yeah there's a pre-save link in all of my bios um it's just yeah like the, the, the spotify pre-save um it will be out on all platforms not just spotify um and i will also put it on on Bandcamp. um if anything i might do like a Bandcamp pre-release i haven't quite decided yet um but anyway august 31st for sure it'll be out um and in terms of the bios where you can find that so my um Mostly I am on TikTok and Instagram. I'm so sorry to people who use Facebook. I really try. I really, really try. Um, so I, you can, there is an Adina P Music page on Facebook and it is, you know, semi-regularly I do post there. You know, you can link that to your Instagram. But nice. mainly I'm on TikTok and Instagram and it's at Adina V Music. Um, all, all one, one word. Um, and yeah, so on Instagram, it's really fun. So basically TikTok blew up, but then Instagram is like some followers trickled, but not a whole lot. And Instagram's actually where I'm more like intimate with my art. Like I also write poetry. Um, and I have a poetry book that I, that I published last, um, early or actually this year, early this year. And so I'll sometimes share poetry and photography on, on my Instagram versus TikTok is more just for like covers and videos. So a little bit of a different taste there, but they're the same handle at Adina V Music. Um, I do have a YouTube channel. Um, if you just search Adina V, it, it, it'll come up. Um, that one has full length. I know a lot of people are just like, oh, is there a full version? Is there a full version? And here's the thing with releasing. So for example, I do want to do a cover album with the mandolin songs. I think it'd be super fun. The thing is though, in order to put that on streaming, you have, like, I would have to pay $12 a song in licensing fees to keep that up there because they're not my songs, right? So like yeah. business side of it, it just like, it, it does add up. Like I used to have a couple of covers on, on like I had some Christmas songs released. That's like a deep, dark thing. It's, it's on my like SoundCloud, but I did have on streaming. I had a few like jazz Christmas songs for a sec, but I had to license them because they're not my songs. So it just, it gets a little pricey. And then there's also the whole thing of, I was thinking, oh, I could crowdfund the album, but then that's not even okay because then you're taking money for someone else's, because you're making someone else's songs. Like it's just messy. It's messy, messy, messy. So I do want to do that, but I would probably end up putting those covers on YouTube or SoundCloud. So those are kind of like the, the AOK for covers kind of thing. Mm. Um, so yeah, but there's full versions of all sorts of songs up on my, um, up on my YouTube. Um, is there even anything else? Like you already mentioned my band camp that would be linked. And then on Spotify, the thing, the thing that's nice about Spotify is if you follow me now, you will just get what admit it releases on the 31st. You're just going to get that in your release radar. So you're already going to get that in a playlist. Um, it'll be added to your library. So like no, no extra work needed. <laughs> Um, but I think that that's, I think that that's about it. Any, any um, live shows uh, coming up for folks that are in the Toronto area? Yeah. 
also Toronto folks, I would say definitely, definitely, definitely follow me on Instagram if you want to know about live shows because we just had one. We just had one at the Horseshoe. Went splendidly. It was so much fun um, with some of our friends, Sam Holiday. We will be opening for um, my friend uh, at the supermarket on the 16th of September. That's the next thing we got lined up. It's a little a little ways away, um, but that's, that's a fun venue, Kensington Market. Um, and then I'm still... I'm still in the process of booking some other shows. I'll have to, I'll have to kind of feel it out. I've been a very much more like recording slash releasing phase right now because it's phases. I played a lot of live shows, didn't do as much recording work. Now I'm in the release phase. And then there's also a writing phase, you know, so there's all these different things. Um, but I do sometimes what, what's fun is like, we'll have the band shows, but I'll also sometimes do some solo pop-up kind of shows. And those are like a little more intimate. Um, we like, we can actually chat there. Um, so again, like I would say if you are into the live shows and you'd want to see me play live, like I love playing live. It's one of my favorite things to do. Um, I would say follow me on Instagram. Um, cause that's where I post about all my live stuff. I find that with TikTok it's hard cause it's like, where's your audience even from? Like some people, like most people are not, who are following me are like, they're from the States. Like they're not gonna, you know, they're not gonna like drive eight hours up to see me at a dive bar. Yeah. <laughs> but... Well, no, so yeah, and like I said, all this, all the information will, will be in the show notes. So please, 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 you know, go follow, support. You know, I I beg people always like follow and support, especially like, like smaller independent artists, because that's how they become bigger. That like you know, you supporting them because when you like something, if it shows up in other people's feeds of like you liked that, and that's how it grows, and that's how we can do things. You know, very organically it's just you know share things and comment and interact with the posts and that's what i always try to like you know on tiktok if i like someone's stuff i will you know comment i will like i will favorite i will you know do the share link and just that's how things grow that's how things become bigger and you know maybe one day you'll come to the states and it'll be amazing and then then one day i'm going to see you in cleveland here with you know you'll be opening for taylor swift and then the next year she'll be opening for you Oh my goodness. The dream, the dream. I, I but you, you yep. my dream. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, this is just I been had awesome. Fun time. Thank you for having me. It was a great, great, great time. Thank you very much. And now here is a little bit, just a little bit, a little taste of admit it. Cause I don't want you to give away all of it. It's a little bit. Cause then make sure you pre-save it. You get it on the 31st and then you go to the band camp that Friday and you buy it all. It's going to be great. So thank you so much. Here's a little bit of a minute. Be back next week. Next week, this is number 98. And then next week's number 99 and 100. We've got a big announcement. Please be following me on, on socials. Go to Biff Radio on Twitter, Biff underscore radio um, on TikTok, Biff Radio 1 on Twitter. Uh, Instagram brain went away and also go to jabroniu.com, the podcasting network, because the biggest big, I mean, this is like two major uh, interviews coming you know, in three weeks, which is amazing. So please follow, enjoy this song and folks remember, be kind to each, yourself, be kind to each other, listen to good music and uh, I'll see you next week guys. Maybe in another life we would take a drive